Welcome to the Shepherd King Podcast. We exist to equip pastors and leaders in the local church to transcend beyond current culture, to see government through the lens of the gospel, and engage as modeled in the scriptures. I am Leo Lazzarini. And I'm Greg Baker. Thank you so much for joining us on the Shepherd King Podcast. As you noticed, we have been going through our core values as a ministry, but also values that we believe that every Christian should hold on to as they think about government and think about how to engage government. Today, we will talk about being relationally built as a ministry, but also as a core value for anybody thinking about and engaging government. Greg, what do you mean by being relationally built? So, Leigh, when we think about American involvement in government, particularly for the church, the church has been involved in government a long time, all the way back in the nation's history. And in recent events, the main interaction capitals around the United States see interactions with the church. Typically, if there's a, a prayer event at the Capitol, if there is a, um, so every capital has a National Day of Prayer event every year. So that's an annual event. Sometimes an Iowa prayer breakfast, for example, here in Iowa, an Iowa prayer breakfast gathering. Those are on Monday, Thursdays in states around the, in the nation. So a lot of times the pastors and government officials are going to overlap there. A lot of states have rallies for life, like uh, the walk for life. So there tends to be events that bring people in rallies, prayer, whatever it be. But in reality, it ends up being the church is present in government for five or if you're a really busy state, 10 days out of the year. So you look at that and you think, well, no wonder why we haven't been having an impact. Imagine if we did church that way. What if church was only present 10 days a year, you threw on a couple really big services every week and maybe or maybe every month you had one really big service and that replaced Bible studies and everything. So the concept of the Church Ambassador Network is we wanted the church to have a regular relational presence at the Capitol. That when people see certain individuals, they relate them with the church. And this already happens. We think about all of the lobbyists that already exist in government. So you and I, were from the Midwest. The Farm Bureau has a lot of influence here. You go into some southern states like Texas, the oil industry has a presence. And they all have a relational, consistent face. And we want to have that for the Church of Jesus Christ. So under a value we put, we move at the speed of relationship through the Holy Spirit's leading. We move the speed of intentional relationships with both the church and the government. It is in relationship that people share their lives with one another. It is the heart of the church ambassador network to move beyond the surface level and to engage in deeper Christ-centered relationships that lead to transformed lives. That's awesome, Greg. Yes. Greg, when you think about being relationally built, what verses come to mind that gives you the foundation for this value as a ministry, but then also in your personal life as you think about government? When I think about relationally built, the first thing I go to is the character of God. 
our God and his very being is relational. One God, three persons that work together in perfect harmony. I think about 1 Corinthians 12 and how each part of the church matters, how the church works effectively as a body. And I think about the relationship of Joseph and Pharaoh, two individuals that really met significant needs for the people of Egypt, that they were very intimately close to each other. I think of Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel was a consistent face in Nebuchadnezzar's life. I think about... Uh, you think about King David and the prophet Nathan. The prophet Nathan was a consistent face in David's life. And I look at the number of pastors we have around the country. Not every pastor has got the bandwidth to be a consistent face. But what we have found as pastors come to the capital, the Holy Spirit works and puts a burden on pastors' hearts, mm-hmm. and he will call some to come more frequently. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a wonderful pastor from a town called Marshalltown that started coming to the Capitol every Wednesday. He went home and said, the Holy Spirit didn't leave me alone, and I want to come to the Capitol more regularly. I can give you every Wednesday. And just think about the dynamic impact he has had now mm-hmm. that's doing this for seven years yes. that he's done this. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the Capitol knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Out of the 2,700 pastors in our state, he's one, but he's one that God clearly wired. Mm. So I look at that in 1 Corinthians 12. He will call who he needs to call. Mm -hmm. And that is what we've relied on here is what we're relying on different states that God will call people. Mm -hmm. And we're in 15 states as of today, and we are are seeing that. Mm. Mm. Praise God, Greg. And Greg, as a pastor, as pastors come to the Capitol, and they feel that burden of the Holy Spirit on their hearts. What are some ways you have seen pastors engage relationally with our governing authorities? Well, pastors all have different giftings. We have pastors, they take on more of a chaplaincy role there. They really want to invest in their personal lives, and that's very important. We have other pastors that they're good leaders. They want to invest in their leadership skills. Then we have other pastors that are good teachers. They want to teach the scriptures to government leaders. And then the other group that we see very commonly is they, these are pastors that are really good at running programs, that are really kind of break bondage in their community, have had great success at community outreach. These pastors want to get really practical. They want to find solutions with government. And if you're going to get to the point of finding solutions, it's not a, a face that comes three or four times a year. You, you become a part of the, the day-to-day apparatus of government. And we've seen a mixture of those through the years, and we're seeing that in different states. And it's not one of those that matters. It's all of them. Mm-hmm. And that, that's back to that 1 Corinthians 12 again. I mean, that's the beauty of the comprehensiveness of the body. Mm-hmm. I, I want to point to a very particular word in here, mm-hmm. Leo. We don't just move at the speed of relationship. Relationship can be an endless abyss, but we move at the speed of intentional relationship. Mm -hmm. I really want to hit that particular word, Mm -hmm. intentional. I am a believer in relational evangelism, but not the way we traditionally define relational evangelism. I'm not a believer in that. We typically hear the word relational evangelism, we think... I need to earn some place in someone's heart to speak truth. What I found in my own personal life or personal experience, if I wait till I earn my place in someone's life, what that actually means is 
I'm a chicken. I don't want to share. And I never get to the point of sharing. And I find the longer the relationship goes, the longer it takes for me to get to sharing the gospel. And Lord really convicted me on this 10 years ago. I was getting lunch pretty regularly with a guy that worked at our state capitol. He was a lobbyist. And I kept just trying to get to know him better, become his friend. And every time we meet for lunch, I'd say, I'm going to go through the gospel with them today. I'm going to go through the gospel. Mm. And I found when it turned to lunch two, it got harder than three, four, five, and I just wasn't getting there. And I decided one day to finally pull off the Band-Aid, but what I realized was I needed to build a relationship around the gospel Mm. from the beginning. So I made a commitment that day that no matter where I go, I'm going to carry my Bible Mm. with me. And I wanted to become known for it, the mm-hmm. guy that brings his Bible everywhere. So I was just in a, a meeting today in a very key department here. I, I walked right in with my Bible, right into the reception area where I checked in. And the reason why I do that is if you agree to get coffee, lunch, or even have a five-minute conversation with me, there's a higher risk the guy that carries his Bible everywhere mm-hmm. might pull out the Bible That's right. and talk to you about Jesus. So what we want to do is we want to be extremely intentional in our relationships. Mm -hmm. We want to build them around Christ. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you will find those who are hungry for the Lord and Mm -hmm. they want more. And they will want to meet with you more to learn more. Some of them might already be believers. They just want to grow and be sanctified. But there's a lot of people we meet with very regularly that just want Jesus and they don't know him yet. So Mm -hmm. every time we meet, we're giving them more and more truth. Mm. And our goal is we want to be someone that you know, but we also want to be someone that helps you to see what you do not see. Mm -hmm. And that's intentional relationship. Mm -hmm. That's great, Greg. I think that's essential as we think about reaching our communities, but the same way it works at the Capitol. As we engage in relationships with people, we can't put aside our real identity I mean, as you interact with people, you are you are born again believer, follower of Christ, and it makes the relationship very different um, if you hide that identity for a while and then bringing out that identity that the person didn't know. It, it might even feel a little bit weird for them, mm-hmm. right? So that's great. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's great. And Greg, you talked about um, what does it mean to be. Uh, relationally oriented or relationally built as a ministry. Why do you think that's important? What are the differences you see between being relationally built as we engage government, as we approach governing authorities at the Capitol, and we have events throughout the year that will be speaking in some issues that we care about? There, there will be some fruits from that. But why do you think being relationally built is so key for this ministry, but also for individuals listening to your podcast, why do you think it's important to hold that value as they think about engaging uh, in government? Well, it's the design the Lord gave us. This is deeper than government. We're just practically applying what Jesus taught us to do. Mm-hmm. He said, you're Christ's ambassadors. Mm-hmm. So when we came to know Christ, he didn't just take us home. As nice as that would be, he didn't take us home. We're to be ambassadors to him to this place. How are you an ambassador if you never leave the embassy? Mm-hmm. Or you never invite anybody in? Mm. You're not an ambassador. Mm. A good ambassador goes out into the city 
and gets to know the city. Mm. A good ambassador opens the doors to their embassy for the city can come in. Mm -hmm. And we want to do that in every aspect of life. Whether you work for a Fortune 500 company, work at a bank, you work at a restaurant, or for us, whether you're called to the capital, we want to be a faithful presence of ambassadors to that place. Mm-hmm. Our goal is not to change public policy. That's an aftermath of our goal. Mm. Our goal is not even to change who's elected. That's aftermath. Our goal is to bring the transformation that comes through Christ. And a huge part of Christ is a Christian, Christian fellowship community. Mm. I think about people know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't know about your love for one another. They never see you. Mm-hmm. And you can never exemplify that in a few periodic showings. I remember when I was coming to know Christ at Walnut Creek Church, the Lord's really pursuing me, and he wasn't leaving me alone. But what was also tangling in my heart at that same time as I watched the way these people interacted with each other and his relationship I've never seen before. I've had good friends. Mm-hmm. This is different. Mm-hmm. It's that one heart, one mind, one goal that Paul writes about in Philippians, the way they live with one another for one another in a certain direction, so unique. Hmm. And we want to show that off everywhere we are, including at the Capitol building. And believe it or not, when you run Jesus' playbook, you get Jesus' results. Hmm. When you don't run his playbook, you don't get his results. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this in each of these episodes Relationally built by itself isn't going to transform a place. It is the comprehensive nature of each of our values. Mm -hmm. But if we remove this value, we do remove a significant part of the power of our presence and the truth. And if we remove this value, we remove the primary vessel Mm -hmm. that Jesus chose to introduce his teaching into the world. Mm -hmm. He did it through the church. And a huge core of the church is an unbelievable deep commitment to one another. And that is what we're showing off at state capitals around the country. That's great, Greg. Greg, to end our conversation here today, what are some ways that pastors can build relationships with their governing authorities? And you did mention the ministry, the Church Ambassador Network, the ministry that, that we work for. But what are some practical ways that pastors can do that? And then I'd love for you to also speak to uh, believers that would like to engage in government uh, uh, in a way that they can um, be uh, relational uh, with their governing authorities. How can you do that? Well, first, for pastors, connect regularly with someone. That's one simple basic item you can do. If that's your mayor, if it's a city councilman, if it's your legislator, connect regularly with someone at home. But then secondly, there's the local church and then there's the greater capital C church. And I think of all these local churches around the world that bring that local expression. To reach government, we got to tap into the capital C Mm -hmm. church. So do your part that God's called you to. That is meeting up with the mayor regularly. That's driving to the Capitol and working with us and meeting with your local legislator there. Or um, maybe God's called you to more. Maybe you're that pastor the Holy Spirit does a work on and he says, I, I want you there more. 
But this is something that's got to be shared with the greater body. Mm -hmm. And it begins with a commitment. We're talking about institution relationships, an institution of the church, institution of government. Mm -hmm. The best place to start is I want to commit to reach our government with the church as a whole. Mm. And ecumenicalism, it's messy. Mm -hmm. It's messy. We've done our best to, to identify those churches who are preaching the word of God, who are standing on that it is his word, mm. and it's just as relevant today. Jesus is the sole means of salvation. But there is a lot of churches that still hold that value. Mm -hmm. And let's unite together to reach the institution. Mm -hmm. There is times to be in the local church, mm -hmm. but there's times to work together collectively mm -hmm. too. And we always want to respect both mm -hmm. in the church ambassador network. Mm -hmm. And Leo, as we get ready to adjourn to I want to talk back to that individual Mm -hmm. that we shared. You says, well, like, what can the individual Christian do? Yes. God calls people into ministry. We'll find people with incredible skill sets that'll decide, you know what? I'm going to go do ministry. I think of my good friend, Jason Henry, who worked at the Vermeer Corporation high up that started a wonderful ministry called The Well. Is God calling you to serve in government? And I really encourage Christians to think about that and think beyond elected office. We hear serving government, it's like, oh my goodness, I don't want to run for office. Most people who are in government are hired. They're not elected. And I think about the many departments that are facing many problems today. Is there a department that you have a skill set with that you could go and help solve problems, help the department function well, but also minister and reach those who are serving in it? Mm -hmm. That is something that I really encourage Christians to pray through. Could I go serve in government? Because it is a calling. Mm -hmm. It is an institution of the Lord's. Mm -hmm. And I encourage people to factor that in. Amen. That's great, Greg. The fact that government is an institution of God uh, should encourage us and motivate us to be part of it. As we are part of the church and part of his body, um, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to uh, bring the light of Christ and, and bring the gospel in a way that can transform and help government to fulfill the design that God has for it. So thank you for the conversation, Greg. I hope this has been encouraging to you as we go through our core values. We truly hold on to those values. It's a weekly habit that we have to go through those values as a team. And the reason is that we want to be known by those values. And it is our prayer that the church would also be known by those values as they think about government and they engage government. So thank you for joining us today. The Shepherd King podcast is brought to you by the Church Ambassador Network, a ministry of the Family Leader Foundation that inspires the church to engage government for the advance of God's kingdom. For more information about the Church Ambassador Network, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, thefamilyleader.com backslash church.